so when I got to use the Micro 6X, I was like, dude, I love this thing. It's like I can do all my red dot things that I want to do. I can be fast. I can, but oh, I need to I need to shoot a little bit further, and I want to be a little bit more precise. Got that 6X. What is up, everybody? I've got Jim to my. I've got Jim across from me. Jim, welcome. Hi, moving around on you. You're uh, I'm your guest. Your guest today. Yeah, this is fun. I like it. I like it. We're going to talk today about red dots and magnifiers. Now, the benefits of a red dot are many, many. One of the most functional, fast, versatile. Uh, great for close quarters work, mm-hmm. uh, platforms, sighting platforms out there, you add a magnifier and you've magnified its performance, Jim? Why, let me, why magnifiers? Let's talk magnifiers in general. Magnifiers in general, yeah. So um, this is something I've been learning quite a lot about, hanging around the guys you know, like we've talked about before at Vortex Edge. Um, you look in the instructor cage. Uh, our, our, <laughs> it's uh, not where we keep the instructors. It's not where we keep the. That's actually a good. So I gotta, I gotta be careful of our nomenclature. Let's let's, just, let's back up here. Into uh, so in the instructor cage, usually. Uh, gosh, I gotta go. I forgot. I gotta clean up all the poop in there. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> um. No. So in their uh, in their their armory locker where they keep all their guns, there's a lot of uh, I see a lot of UH ones and spark solars cross, but a lot of red dots of some sort or holographic sights with magnifiers uh, down there. I see those. I see low power variables a lot. Um, generally, I don't see a whole lot of just completely naked one by themselves red dots and holographic sights. Um, so it's they're kind of one or the other, but. Um, you know, I think the the idea behind a magnifier, uh, they've actually been around for a while. We we did a, I think we even did a ten minute talk on magnifiers a while back. Yeah, um, they've been around for a while because I mean, you had uh, you had red dots being used by you know uh, I guess professionals, if you will, professional gun toters. Um, Prior to the whole kind of low power variable thing, which really the low power variable thing, I mean, I'm not going to throw an official date on it, but like they were around. Nobody's going to deny the fact that they were around for a while. But they didn't really like kick up and become a, a major thing um, until well, we were well into the 2000s, getting into the like 2010s and all that. I mean, yeah, I feel I feel like that's I don't want to sure. I don't want to have us take responsibility for it because that just sounds dumb. Because I'm you know we're going to be speaking out of turn for that. But I know the Razor one to six was kind of it was. It was one of the first ones that was like actually people were looking at it like, oh, now this is a serious tool that yeah. we can use. But anyway, so I mean, I think though, I mean, okay, now we're turning this into a low power variable. Well, podcast, but, but, but inevitably, you can't talk about magnifiers in 2021 without, without contrasting it with you can't. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, what I was getting at is, you know, you had red dots around. People were looking for a way to be able to stretch them out, right? Because you you do, you look through a red dot, and a lot of times you think to yourself, okay, yeah, I see a target down there. You know, it's kind of just a generic, let's say we're shooting at paper. You know, it's a white piece of paper with a black big circle on it, you know, and you and you like to pull up an optic and think that it's going to get better. And when you pull up a red dot, it's like, well, no, it still looks the same. I just have a little pointy thing that I can put on it. Um, and so a magnifier in that case obviously allows you to magnify your image and essentially actually what you're doing, what a lot of people don't even realize, you're actually flipping up a prismatic sight without a reticle in it 
behind the behind the red dot or the holographic. Um, I'm just gonna say red dot for now, so I don't have to say you know. Red I, dot I think holographic. we're gonna use red dot and holographic kind of interchangeably. interchangeably. They, they're both gonna work. Yes, um, but you're actually you're actually flipping up a uh, a prismatic sight just without a reticle in it behind behind the optic, and uh, yeah, you're magnifying the image, and then also you're magnifying the reticle inside of it, so um, you just get to see stuff better. Um, it's really useful for uh, obviously shooting at greater distance. That's kind of that's kind of what most people assume you're putting a magnifier on a carbine for um, with a red dot. But actually, one of the other things people kind of underestimate is uh, a magnifier's ability to help you ID targets sure. better. Um, that's not really something that most private citizens and individuals that are just kind of gun enthusiasts think a whole lot about because usually you're shooting at a range where I'm the one who put the target here so I know what it is. I've ID'd it, you know, and you're shooting at a big backdrop so you're not really worried about, you know, all the, any little minute things that are behind it. It's a piece of paper in front of a giant pile of dirt. So you don't really think about that a lot. Um, but IDing targets for professional, uh, prof- professional gun toters, which I'm just, I don't know how that became a thing. Uh, just just now, um, I like it. But uh, I'd make the T-shirt. They tote, they professional tote, gun toter. I tote guns professionally. <laughs> um, being able to ID targets is really important for them. You know, you might have, and it, it doesn't even have to be like long distance. You know, what most people can consider long distance. It can be intermediate distances, even within fifty yards. Sometimes, I mean, for a cop, being able to tell the difference between a gun in somebody's hand that they're kind of holding in a funny way and a cell phone in somebody's hand is the difference between you going home at night with a sound conscience and not being all over Dateline NBC and every news outlet ever about how, you know, you're a horrible person. I mean, it's like, it's a difference there. It's um monumental. Yeah. So the the magnifier allows you to do that, um, and, uh, and and it is pretty nice. And in that case, too, I mean, the reason why magnifiers, in my opinion, are still around with low-power variables now being out, and, and we can talk further to that, I think the, the benefits are obvious with a low-power variable because you have 1x up to 6, 8, 10x, whatever it is, and everything in between, whereas with a magnifier, it's 1 or 3, 1 or 6 with the new micro 6x here. Um, but I think the benefits are that there is something undoubtedly different about looking through a red dot, uh, versus looking through a low power variable on one X. Um, you know, a low power variable uses an optical system with many lenses, Mm -hmm. uh, to produce a one X image, which for all intents and purposes is one X, but there will be inherently anytime there's lenses in the system creating an image, there will be some distortion. Um, whether you're talking about razors or whatever, I don't know, name drop any of the fanciest thing on earth. There will be some moderate distortion. With these things, I mean, there's there's next to there's next to none, especially with the UH-1. That's one of the nice things about holographic sites, no, zero distortion. Um, so anyways, you know, you get the ability to use that as 1X. It's more of, it's more of a dedicated CQB, close quarters, 1X optic. Nothing still at this point, in my opinion, beats a red dot in that category alone. Right. Um, but then you just add some more some more utility to it with a magnifier. Absolutely. And, and, and from a, a recreational standpoint or a quotation mark civilian standpoint, um, I know personally I've seen, and the edge instructors, you know, say they see this as well, but your accuracy is going to go up, I'd say, 
pretty much across the board. I think it's pretty much to say across the board. I'm sure there's exceptions out there in the world. But your accuracy is going to go up when you use a magnifier over just the straight dot. Now, you're not always going to need that. You're not always going to be shooting for that. You know, right. good enough is good enough, right? But if you're trying to ring out some precision with your red dot system, a magnifier is definitely a good add. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I the undoubtable there. I mean, you look at just trying to shoot nice, pretty groups on paper, and the difference between what I talked about earlier, just seeing a big white piece of paper with a black blob in the middle, that's your 8, 9, and 10 ring. Uh, the difference between seeing that and then actually making out the 8, 9, 10, and X ring, mm-hmm. and then really being able to hone in and shoot more accurately there. Um, that's just shooting for groups, but obviously there's tons of times in, in real-life scenarios, whether you're, I mean... There's folks out there shooting red dots with magnifiers out on their on their hunting ARs, which we've talked about before. The carbine is becoming one actually a traditional hunting rifle at this right. point. Um, and you know, then there's like we said, these professional duty users. Um, they they may need the ability to make that a little mm-hmm. bit more accurate shot. Um, and it's and it's not always even a matter of like. There's so much fundamental that is stuff that goes into making an accurate shot. It's not just seeing a target better and up more closely that's going to instantly make you shoot better. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people mistake more magnification for like improved accuracy, almost like there's a direct correlation. Yeah. There's a correlation, but it's not direct. Like, oh, more magnification, my accuracy just will like go up an equal amount. You know what I mean? Like if you're looking at it percentages-wise almost. Sure. Because you still, if you have a garbage trigger press and no established position and all that, just increasing the magnification won't help you, you know. But right. I mean, it, but if you increase the magnification and you actually then apply some fundamentals and stuff, then then yeah, you're at least being able to see more clearly. You can take a shot. I feel like with more confidence, right? Um, if anything, I think also one thing, and granted, this is going to be like a you know just like part of that process, but, you know, having your fundamentals in place to be able to execute a really sound shot that you're confident in, but upping that level of precision, I guess, with a magnifier, you're going to get a little bit better zero as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We saw that back when we did that um, pod venture where you and I did the, we were doing like a bunch of defensive training, just training with firearms in general across the whole gambit. Yep. And you were shooting a gun with a magnifier on it, and I remember you were just toasting me on all that, like shooting groups and zeroing in. And it, and I like you feel better when you're shooting a group and you're making adjustments to your optic based on a tighter group, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, your confidence in like, and and then once you have that really good zero, which the magnifier helps you get, mm-hmm. now you know, like if some there's some variance, you're like, you know what the problem is, and you can point back at yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and granted, like, I'm not the most fundamentally sound person on the planet when it comes to shooting, but I'm okay, and it was a little difficult for me zeroing on 1x at 50 yards. Uh, I mean, of course, like, Pete dropped down in the prone with my rifle and just shot, like, a better group than both of us combined, which goes into my point, you know, like, more uh, more magnification doesn't necessarily mean you're instantly going to get better, because he did that with no magnification. Um, But, you know, I'm trying to be consistent with where I'm placing my reticle so I can shoot a tight group, and it was like, Again, a black blob on paper. I couldn't make out perfectly the X ring and whatever. So I'm like, well, I'll just try and center the red dot in the black blob, and hopefully that's the same point I've been shooting on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you're talking a little bit about adjustments, right? In I guess in a different way. But how do how does one of these magnifiers, like the new Micro Six X, 
yeah. work. Like you said, it's basically a prismatic sight mm-hmm. without a reticle, but you still adjust it. You can't. And this is something that I don't foresee a whole lot of people really needing to do. Okay. Um, or it's kind of, think of the adjustment. So the, a magnifier will have turrets on it, like you see on a traditional optic of some sort, like a like an aiming optic. Um, they have an elevation and a windage turret. And um, I look at that more like the fine tune. You know how um, you know how when we had uh, our older razor spotters. Actually, a lot of our older spotters had the little focus knobs that go out there, and there was the coarse adjustment one, and then the little one on the end that was the fine adjustment. Right. That's what I look at these little turrets as. So one of the biggest ways that we see people get misalignments in their magnifiers is a the 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 biggest and most gross misalignment that you will see is when they are not mounted at the proper height, and I, a lot of people don't quite realize how. Uh, either A, that that's a thing, or B, how important it is. Um, if your optic, so like a UH-1 Gen 2 here, sits at a lower one-third co-witness height, I can't remember okay. what millimeters that is uh, exactly, but uh, if your optic sits at a lower one-third co-witness height, make sure your magnifier is at that exact same height. Um, and in the case of like a Micro 6X here, uh, it has the base itself, which is the quick release, flip to the side base, and then in the box it would come with uh, a shim system, actually a series of shims in the 6X's uh, particular case, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it comes with shims, and it comes with different length screws to basically mount the optic to the base um, at different heights. It allows you to, to kind of dial that in. And your height of your magnifier should be chosen... Uh, only and for no other reason than to match the height of your aiming optic. Um, there's no advantages, pluses, minuses to mounting it higher or lower than like it. it just it's basically should you can should consider it slaved to that optic, so right. to speak, in there's, terms of height. There's probably a height that's going to work optimal optimally for you and how you want to use your carbine, right? But you want that to be the same. Yeah, determine that at the optic end, like the red dot end first. Yes. So if you want to shoot at like 0.93 inch high, or I'm sorry, not 0.9, that's really popular these days, a higher red dot height. Um, It allows you to shoot from a more upright position, uh, which for a lot of people is much more comfortable when you're using a carbine and more of like what you consider like a fighting carbine, right? Um, it allows you to use the rifle with a more upright head position, which is more natural. Uh, you're not doing the tactical turtle kind of deal to get down behind the optic. Uh, it just comes right up into your field of view. In fact, people have got like 1.93 used to look like a skyscraper and dude, it's, it's like normalized now. Right. Now like two point, uh, whatever people are going well into the twos and they're even going higher than that. Like people are trying to get things up mega high. That's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Um, Mega high, the next uh, ten minute talk. Mega, yeah. mega, mega high magnifiers. <laughs> but like I said, determine what height you want first up at the up at the red dot end, and then match the magnifier to that. So in this case, this is Pete's rifle. Uh, one of our instructors at, at at Edge. He um he doesn't know that I brought his rifle up here, which <laughs> I know he doesn't necessarily love that. But he's not going to listen to this, I guarantee. Um. Anyway, so he's got even risers. Do uh, you uh on here pizza um. He's a big guy, Jim. I mean, is he really? Could you have taken somebody else's rifle, perhaps? <laughs> uh, yeah, but if he takes me out, then he probably—I don't know. It, I don't. It wouldn't. You be know in his what? Best Let's interest. just plan on him not listening to it this. It wouldn't be in his best. Uh, so we've got 
he mounted this up on a riser, so he's got a UH-1 approximately at like a 1.93, 2-ish inch height or so. But he just made sure to mount the magnifier also on a riser. Yeah. Um, it can seem like a lot of kind of dilly-dallying around with different risers and stuff. Ultimately, though, like I think people sometimes get worried about having all these links in the chain. Um, I mean, if you're ever concerned about that, like, like I said, I mean, just look at guys like our instructors who are shooting thousands of rounds with stuff like this. No problem. It's you know you just set stuff up properly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm I'm getting long winded about the fact. Make sure your optic is at the right height. Both of your optics, the magnifier and the and the red dot, are at the right height, same height. And from there, uh, one other thing you can do just it's kind of like a it's good practice, and it's going to make sure there aren't as many alignment issues or potential for as many alignment issues. Uh, is just tighten these screws down that tighten the base to the actual optic itself. Tighten them down to the right torque spec. Oh, okay. So there's a 20-inch pound torque spec that we recommend for this. And um, tightening them any tighter doesn't gain you any advantage. Uh, it only potentially sort of starts to make things flex a little bit, which then can make you wind up needing to have some sort of alignment correction um, or more alignment correction later on. So... Uh, a little bit of a dab of Loctite on these screws actually will will help you out. Just a dab and 20 inch pounds. Dab will do you. Yeah. Uh, anytime, just this is like a little like fun fact or uh, reference for you. Anytime that you have two metal surfaces that are mating and they're com- and they're directly abutting one another and you're tightening down, uh, tightening them together with a fastener, that's where Loctite makes sense because it's going to kind of. Uh, I would gum itself up in the threads a little bit and take up the lash that would be in the threads that would under vibration cause the fastener to kind of back out and loosen up. Uh, ring screws though, where there's a, supposed to be a gap between the two metal pieces and then the fastener is sort of like holding them in tension. That'd be more like on just a regular magnified rifle scope setup. Right, right, yeah. Um, those. That's why we don't recommend Loctite on those screws because actually the tension of the the gap being there in the in the ring screws actually takes up the lash and prevents them from backing out under vibration. So, in this case, you see that the mount is directly sounds like physics, Jim. A little bit, yeah. Uh, some light physics. In this case, you see the mounts directly abutting up to the uh, to the shim which we put in place, and then the optic. So that's hence the reason a little dab of Loctite. Gotcha. Now we're talking or at least right now we're talking about the new Micro 6X, which has like a really cool mount to it. It's a quick release mount. Uh, and then as far as like engaging or disengages, disengaging the unit, I mean, it's just like a, just cams over. There's no buttons or anything. It's mm-hmm. just going to, you know, cam over. When you want it out of the way, it's going to stay out of the way. When you when you want to engage it, uh, it's going to, you know, it's just super easy. Uh, but it's not, it's not, you don't have to worry about like oh there's no button locking it in place like i mean when you want it out of the way it's going to stay out of the way when you when you want it i mean it's it's going to stay put you, i don't yeah. think you have to worry about that um, absolutely and then the quotation mark turrets that we're talking about like you said that's going to adjust for any you know minor hopefully minor alignment issues uh you may end up using them you may not uh but that essentially just aligns the reticle or the dot of the unit in the center of the magnifier. So yeah. when you would want to use the turrets would be like if you had the magnifier engaged, you looked through the system. So, I mean, this you know becoming an optical system, or I guess they're all optical systems. So you got two separate units, but the reticle might appear to be like 
we'll say in the, the lower right of the field of view mm-hmm. and then just use those turrets, adjust it, get it centered up and you're on your way. That's that fine adjustment. Like I said, most people, and I, I long winded, once you go through all that stuff uh, about actually getting them mechanically lined up, it really shouldn't require a whole lot of adjustment. Most people don't even require any adjustment, but those turrets are there if you do need it. Yeah. What about, so um, we've had three X magnifiers in the lineup for a while. Yeah. Uh, several iterations, if you will, over the years. Now we've got the Micro 6X, which I really like. Uh, I haven't used it a ton, but I've used it some. I mean, why 6X? Is this just 6X? Uh, <laughs> why, uh, why, is that just America? More is better? Um, there's possibly some of that. Okay. Uh, I would say really, and this is, this is something I chatted about with the guys down at the range a lot. Um, because a lot of them, I don't have any law enforcement military experience, but a lot of those guys do. Um, so I'm asking them, you know, why, why six power? And, um, you know, the obvious, like right away, the conversation goes to, well, you know, okay, it's kind of interesting because you do have low power variables that are so good now that are going one to six X and anywhere in between. Um, you know, six power is a nice power to have. Like there's, there's undoubtedly times where you flip that three X magnifier up and you're like, I wish I had a little more gas. Um, and it can help again, if it's IDing targets, if we're just seeing a target more clearly so that you can be more confident in the shot that you take, uh, or maybe more consistent in where you're placing the reticle, all that stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, there's just, you sort of know as the user uh, or you need to know, I should I should say, when, uh, what types of situations you're going to be getting into. Like, is this a carbine where, hey, I want to go up close and fast, but like, when I do shoot further, either I like to see my target more closely, or I'm going to shoot like quite a bit further. Um, or if really you're like, I mean, I almost always am up close and fast, and occasionally I stretch it out a hair. You know, like we're talking like 100, maybe 200. Right. That's where you're kind of maybe making, in, in my opinion, where you're making the differentiation between the 3X and the 6X. Um, shooter experience and skill and all that can come into play because we all know, you know, the stories of the people. We know some of the people who are like, well, I can shoot, you know, 1X optic at 700 yards. It's like, well, that's awesome. I can't. Right. Uh, <laughs> good. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I that's, that's kind of what they were talking about. And really then the reason... Why you would get, um, I'd say one of the big, big things that the guys brought up um, is that with the Micro 6X and a red dot, yeah, you get one or six essentially, and you ultimately take up about the same size on your top rail as a low power variable, maybe a little bit less. Um, One of the really nice things is if this is a dedicated night gun. Okay. Let's talk about some night night guns. Yeah, let's go there. Um, guys who shoot night vision stuff, like helmet mounted, if you're going to be using passive through the optic, using a red dot or a holographic sight is nicer to use than a scoped, or I'm sorry, than like a low power variable, like a, like a rifle scope. Um, that just has to do with the fact, uh, it can, it can deal with the illumination that you have in traditional rifle scopes or low power variables not meshing well or as well with night vision equipment as does the illumination in holographics and red dots. Uh, that's one of the things I know the guys will uh, will talk about really in, in why they prefer this type of setup. And then the other thing is, you know, with a red dot, you don't have any eye relief 
to deal with. So, so realistically, what I'm what I'm getting at is that um, the red dot is a much uh, more preferred solution with night vision. Gotcha. Uh, over a low power variable on one power. Gotcha. So if this is a night gun, then you're kind of you know if you have the the magnifier flipped to the side, you have a better a more optimal one x solution. Whereas, you know, sometimes you still might want that magnified option if this gun is going to be used both day and night, right. you know? Okay, well, now, hey, sun's up, I'm doing some some gun stuff in the day, now I at least do still have this option to flip back in front of my face, and it goes, you know, up to six power, which I really liked with a low power variable. Um, but yeah, so it, it's easier to get behind a red dot uh, with night vision on. There's no eye relief to have to worry about. Obviously, you know, you got like nods in front of your face and the nods then need to get in the sweet spot of the eye relief of a low power variable if you're using it passively. Um, you would have that if you were trying to use nods behind the magnifier because then the magnifier has eye relief. But I think it just comes down to like which which 1x solution you ultimately want. Yeah. Are yeah. you okay with the fact that the low power variable isn't quite isn't quite as good? as a like just dedicated red dot on one power. Uh, if you are, low power variable is great. But if you got to have it, you got to have a red dot. Uh, like I said, which in, in those guys, they kept bringing up like night vision and stuff. But for whatever reason, if you have to have that red dot, um, then this is the setup. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, and, and no question, like low power variables are amazing, amazing optics and everything's going to be situational. I mean, there's going to be, for some people, that is going to shine and be the better choice for them. And then for some people, just the red dot is going to be the best choice. And then for some people, the red dot magnifier combo like we're talking about here is going to be the best choice. And it does sound like it does really well for your professional daytime gun toters as well as your professional nighttime gun toters, Jim. Right. Um, and you get a little bit of modularity too with a, uh, with a red dot and magnifier because that magnifier doesn't have to, it doesn't have to even be on the gun at all. Right. You can just as easily with, you know, the micro 6X we have here, the micro 3X, you can just as easily just pop them off. Hey, I want to go as slick as possible, lightweight as possible. I don't want anything hanging off the side of my gun. That is kind of one of the, you could say, downsides about a magnifier when you want it disengaged to use your red dot. It's got to live somewhere. Um, so uh, it's it's got to usually flip off to the side. And uh, I'd say that said, though, both these units here are incredibly sleek at the same time. That's not like oh, you have yeah. this m- monstrosity, you know, Frankenstein thing hanging off the side. No, I mean, no. Very, very sleek. You've got uh, the recessed turrets in there. Um, pretty pretty minimalist design overall. I mean, uh, for a magnifier, absolutely. I mean, that's we call them the micro, the micro 3X and the micro 6. Um, they're very small and very, very sleek. But, I mean, it is a thing. It's a thing off there, so right. on the side. So, um, you can go totally slick if if you want, you know, strip the magnifier. And then it, it kind of gives you different different setups without having to buy a different optic. Yeah. You know, you've bought the two optics here. Now you can go either with or without. And, and there's not really the worry at all of, you know, you, you if I strip this UH-1 off the gun and I put it back on, it's got a really good, I would say return to like if I say it's oh it's officially it'll return to zero then somebody's gonna put it on they're gonna be like well I'm half a minute off and so I you know, I'm not gonna right say that but you you never want to assume an optic like an aiming optic like a red dot that you've taken off and put back on you never want to just assume that it's perfect right you know um, whereas with a magnifier 
take it off, put it back on, don't worry about it, just keep going. I was going to say, that's not going to, your zero is not going to change. Right. If you, if you were like, oh, I want to have it on, I want to have it off. What about um, to, to be running the magnifier and the dot or the magnifier and the uh, holographic, the, uh, the sighting portion is pushed forward a little bit. Yeah, it 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 kind of that kind of depends on the on the red dot or the hollow. Um, I mean, you can see here, like on Pete's rifle, this is set a little bit further forward. I mean, I don't know. It's still a perfectly fine spot. It's a really normal spot where you see a lot of them. Maybe I would go like one or two rail slots back, but in this case, I mean, on his rifle, uh, he's got the room to do that. So I I would assume he's got it uh, the UH one placed here because he just wants it there. Right. Um, there's not too many accommodations to have to make. Um, I mean, you can go into the fact that you are taking up more real estate on your rail. Um, not really a whole lot more than a one-piece cantilever mount would take up. No. And, you know, some people will get into the, the well, what are you going to do? You don't have any, you know, you, Pete doesn't have any backup iron sights on this gun. Isn't, doesn't that mean he's going to get killed in the streets? Um <laughs> That's pretty outdated basically logic a at this point. Yeah, I mean, Pete's a goner for sure. But, I mean, that's I'd say that's kind of... People are really starting to realize that's more outdated. Um, kind of has been for a while uh, than a lot of people make it out to be. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Make sure you maintain your battery properly, i.e. don't run it down until it's dead and then decide to change it. Um... These guys also have, they've got lasers on their guns, so that's kind of a backup sighting solution. Um, not that everybody's got money to throw around in a laser. I, I still, even though I don't use lasers on my personal guns, um, I still don't put backup irons on it because it's kind of like, how many people with backup iron sights on their rifle really actually even sight them in or like practice with them ever, you know? Right. I kind of just put them there to have them. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I'd say space accommodations really aren't too bad. I mean, it, de- it definitely doesn't go as further, uh, as far forward over the handguard as does uh, most uh, low power variable most of the time. Um, so, I mean, just talking to the instructors at Edge too, and just what I see here as far as the essentials that you might want to have on a rifle, and you talk, you were talking a little bit earlier about you know, you're using some extra real estate. I mean. Maybe you could add something, but like, what more do you need than the magnifier, the red dot, or the holographic, a, a light, mm. and then potentially the uh, the laser? I mean, I don't even know what the heck I would add. I have no idea. I mean, I'm not a professional gun toter by any stretch of the imagination. Neither However, am I, neither am I, Mark. This is the gun of pretty professional dude, and a lot of the other guys down there have similar setups. Yeah. I'm gonna go with their recommendation on that. Yeah, yeah, I I generally would as as well. Um, I mean, this is kind of when you look at it. If you're new to guns, you'd look at this particular gun. This is just kind of getting into just gun setup stuff. You'd look at this gun, you'd be like, oh, there's a lot going on there. But it's really actually there's not a ton going on. Um, you know, I, some of the stuff on here, if you if it depends on what you think of as a ton. Like some of the stuff on here, yeah, is pretty expensive. But strip the BE Myers, you know, the mall laser off there and you know you got a flashlight which i think is a really good tool to have on a carbine especially if you're going to use it for like home defense or something um you got a flashlight on there and then you got an aiming solution with a magnifier you got a sling which i'm 
fully bought in on having a sling on any rifle that I would have ever have an intention of like using in some sort of defensive situation or whatever, you know what I mean? Or even just utilitarian, even if I was going to take an AR to the woods to go hunting, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm full on team sling. Um, but it's pretty simple. I don't know. There's a lot more crap you could fit on there, but you don't need to. I'd say everything on with this rifle, this system here has a purpose, but like a significant purpose. Yeah. Like none of it's like, well, you know, I mean, maybe I'll use this thing one day in the specifics. <laughs> it's like, no, like this is, these are the essentials. Right. Um, like getting back to magnifiers. Um, I think magnifiers are cool. I kind of thought magnifiers were going to, magnifiers, pardon me, we're going to like fizzle out when low power variables were like really, you know, it was like, oh man, we got, you know, we had the Razor 1 to 6. We came out with the PST Gen 2 1 to 6. You got the Strike Eagle 1 to 6, Strike Eagle 1 to 8, Razor 1 to 10. I'm like, oh, I thought it was the death like, of red dude. dots and magnifiers. Yeah. Um, but there's still a place. If there, as long as there's still a place for red dots, which I don't ever see there not being. And nope. this, this is kind of what I've come to realize. There's never not going to be a place for red dots in holographic size. We already talked about that. Uh, and so in that case, there's never not going to be a place where people are like, I want this red dot so bad, I'm not willing to give it up, but it would be nice to occasionally have some magnification. Magnifier. Enter magnifier. Um, and now, you know, we came out, we're not the only ones who make a magnifier. There's other nice ones, but we came out with the Micro 3X and the Micro 6X here. So you got two great options. We have the VMX 3T still, mm-hmm. um, non-quick release. It's got a button to release it. Some people don't like the way it flips, you know, but it's, it's a really nice entry level option. Um, very rugged and, and reliable. Uh, I'll say that, um, we got a lot of great options. And so it's, it's kind of like if, if that's the way you want to go, um, do it. There's really nothing out, outdated about it. Some people, some people just don't do, don't do low power variables. We had a guy actually in an intro to carbine class. We had a guy last week, and he was shooting, uh, he was shooting one of the carbines that we lent them. So we lend students in our intro classes everything they would need to actually complete the class. Everything, the gun, the ammo, any accessories. If it's the intro to pistol class, um, we actually have a second block block of instruction. It's kind of uh, an optional thing if you want to, if you know you're going to want to move on to pistol one, where we do holster work. We'll we'll lend you the holster, all that stuff, the belt. Um, so his rifle had a I can't remember if it was a PST Gen two. Yeah, it was a PST Gen two one to six on it. Um, Older gentleman, uh, and I think he had some some back issues from some uh, previous injury or something like that. And I remember just because we were doing a lot of shooting from the prone, um, and really nice way to introduce people to the carbine stuff like that and and marksmanship. And we're doing a lot of shooting from the prone, and and he was just having a hard time doing eye relief. You know what I mean? Okay. And really generous eye relief on the PST 1 to 6 is we even had him go behind a Razor 1 to 6, which is like the most generous eye relief of any rifle scope ever. Uh, but just, you know, we're in the prone. He was he had kind of some back issues, like I said. And he was he was fighting scope shadow. And, um, you know, we didn't get to custom tailor that scope setup to him. So it could have been that the scope was maybe a, a hair far forward or a hair back, something like that. Um, but I remember that he just, he was kind of, his groups weren't really improving. At 50. And so, A, we had him shoot from the bench once we kind of realized what was going on. Um, and we switched him to a red dot because we were like, hey, are you still kind of maybe seeing some scope shadow? And he's like, yeah. You know. 
And we're like, well, do you want to just shoot an optic that has absolutely no scope shadow whatsoever? Are you just, as, as long as you can see the red reticle thing and put it on the target, just pull the trigger when it's in the right spot? He's like, yeah, I think that would be nice. And we got him a, I think at that point, we got him a Strike Fire 2, a gun with a Strike Fire 2 on it. He moved over to the bench, and dude shot a, on the B8 bullseye target. He went from shooting like a, I mean, we couldn't even score it to, he shot like a 96. No way. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if he had a magnifier on that one, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he might have just been shooting red dot. But that goes to show you, like, there's a guy where all indicators of, you know, like, everybody in the gun world would be like, hey, you know what, you're kind of, you know, maybe an older guy with some injuries that you're working through. Like, you get a low-power variable. You're not going to be running and gunning like some, you know, tactical door kicker, some gun toter. Uh, you know, just set up on the bench and shoot that. And, and actually... Based on his experience, I think I'd be like, you know what? Like, dude, you want to just shoot some steel and make it ring and have a good time? Get a red dot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're talking about, yeah, like, um, you know, just maybe it was his head placement. Maybe the scope was a little fore or aft, depending on, you know, his yeah. build or how he'd like to set it up. But the, uh, I guess the, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Well, I'm not finding it. But just the freedom that you get with a red dot sight yeah. was what he needed to be really an excellent shot. Right, and it's like it, every time that something like that happens, like I want somebody to see how nice looking through a Razor one to six is. You know, like I said, we handed that to him, and he, he wasn't quite getting it. And I'm like, you know, as much as I want to physically like take his eyeball and be like, here, look, let me put your eyeball in the right spot. It's like sometimes it just ain't gonna happen. So we got him behind a red dot, and he had a great time, um, and he shot really, really well. So um, that's just kind of that's a scenario if one example uh, of why red dots I don't think are going anywhere and then of course like we talked about there's there's something about shooting with a red dot if you are kind of running and gunning uh, up close and fast that will always be maybe not always maybe one day we'll figure something crazy out but it's, man I, it's I, I'd say I'd say doubtful I'd say doubtful I mean and you're talking about running and gunning like dynamic situations where hey as much as I want to be in the perfect position with the exact fundamentals that I'm trying sometimes the situations don't lend themselves to doing that and that's yeah. where that red dot is going to be amazing right like put the thing on the thing pull the thing you know, add a magnifier, extend your effective range, tighten up your groups, you know, get get more precision. I will say, and, and this really has no bearing on anything, Jim, but I'll point it out anyway. I like comments like these. When we when we did, and this kind of goes back into the, the Micro 6X, when we did the podcast, which was a fun one, it was more of a fun one, like one magnification for the rest of your life. It, yeah, was, it yeah. wasn't one magnification range. It was one, you got to pick one. Yeah. And you know, also Jim on the podcast, I can bring anything back to hunting. So, from a hunting from a hunting perspective, I said if you made me pick one magnification, it would be six X mm-hmm. because I can do close in work good enough. Yeah, but I can also extend my effective range to accommodate most shots that I'm going to take on game. And so when I got to use the micro six X, I was like. Dude, I love this thing. It's like I can do all my red dot things that I want to do. I can be fast. I can whatever. But oh, I need to I need to shoot a little bit further and I want to be a little bit more precise. Got that 6x. You do. And if you're using I mean let's I'll I'll entertain uh further your mm. uh your um whatever you were in your example. <laughs> um <laughs> wherever the hell you were. <laughs> yeah. I'll entertain that further. Uh UH1 Gen 2 here. Yes. One MOA center dot. 
that's a nice fine aiming point mark and a nice fine aiming point like that is not going to get any bigger when you throw a magnifier behind it let's i'm going to let's remember to go back to that footnote or whatever because everything your image is getting magnified at the same i guess ratio okay, yeah. so we will get into it yeah uh, flipping a magnifier behind a red dot is actually similar in some ways to the concept of magnifying a rifle scope with a first focal plane reticle. So we have two different images that we're overlaying that we use to aim. There's the image we're looking at that we want to aim at. We want to aim at the image. And we're going to use the image of a reticle, which is in front of us, much closer to our face right there. We're going to overlay that, and we're going to kind of you know lay, match them up to the point where, okay, the reticle is where I want the bullet to go, pull the trigger. Um, now the thing with magnifiers that a lot of people talk about, I used to hear this more than I hear it now, but I'm going to throw it out there if, if anybody's still seeing some of this logic thrown around. People would say, okay, well, yeah, magnifier is cool because I magnify the image, but that reticle gets bigger and it's covering up more target. It's not actually. The reticle is going to look like it got bigger, but what a lot of people don't realize is that the image got bigger too at the exact same rate. So mm -hmm. actually the net change is zero. You've just magnified everything the same exact amount. So the scale is all still there. So like I was getting at, if you do need to maybe take a little bit more precise shot where you don't want a lot of reticle covering up the target, then flipping the magnifier in front of your eye, like with the UH-1 and the one ohm away center dot, it's not, it's not going to hurt you. And the nice thing about magnifiers too with holographic sights so now I will speak specific to holographic sites. They clear up the reticle so nicely. So holographic sites, by nature, this is not. This is not like a. If you see it, it's not a flaw in the holographic site. Would it be nice if it didn't have this? I mean, yeah, but literally by nature of the way that it's made, it can appear a bit pixelated. Now that's especially, especially exaggerated if you're just staring and focusing right on that reticle right in front of you without a magnifier and just being on one x if you actually start looking at the target and just focusing on the target that clears up a lot of things in and of itself but when you flip a magnifier behind a holographic site they look so nice they're like perfect uh so that's interesting one neat little one neat little thing about them so you talked about hunting, and then you, I got off track. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Speaking of hunting, I'll, I'll, I'll keep us on that track. We had, Why not? We had a high-level, popular tactical instructor visit, uh, visit us here at Vortex a few weeks ago. He was also just happenstance coupling that visit with a good old-fashioned Wisconsin deer hunt. So you, you got a guy that he's familiar with red dots, he's familiar with magnifiers, he's familiar with all manner of, of tactical, quotation mark, tactical optics. Uh, his gun optic setup for deer hunting here was a, uh, was a I, I believe it was either a UH-1, I can't, remember, I can't remember what the main optic was, but with a magnifier, with a 3X yeah. magnifier. Yeah. And it was going to do absolutely everything he needed to do. He was intimately familiar with the setup, liked the setup. And was, in his mind, like, what else would I need? <laughs> I don't get it. I'm going to shoot maximum 200 yards. He's mm -hmm. like, this is fully capable. Like, I don't need anything else. This is perfect. I'm just going to use this setup. Yeah. One thing, uh, I, I guess, that we didn't mention yet, one thing worth noting, a couple of of 
be ready for what you're getting into. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta prep people's expectations properly. I think um, with a six X. So let's say you know you're one of the old yeah, it's America more is better. I want six X, not that three X. Just keep in mind that you are getting physically a larger unit. It's not that big. You are going to be getting smaller field of view. Okay. Because you're magnifying something six times instead of three times. So that's just by nature. I think if you've looked at any optics, binoculars, spotting scopes, anything, you know that more magnification will generally yield a little bit uh, smaller field of view. So so be aware of that. If this is going to be something that you are hoping to shoot, oh, I don't know, where you need to be able to scan a lot while looking through the optic or something like that, then mm-hmm. maybe the 3X is better. The other thing is some people are a little bit surprised by the eye relief on a magnifier. Okay. It's inherently, much like a prismatic sight, which we explained, these are prismatic sights without reticles inside. Much like a prismatic sight, the eye relief is inherently shorter than you would see with a low-power variable or something. So, strike equal 1 to 6, off the top of my head. I know that's a 3.5-inch eye relief. Very comfortable. No issues. It's got a generous eye box. No problem. These sites, I think I'm going to say they're just shy of three inches of eye relief. So you have to get your eye physically closer to the magnifier. Gotcha. Uh, that's another thing I'll say, too. Like, in terms of where you ma- mount your magnifier forward and back, don't really worry about how close it is to the red dot or the holographic. Like, right here, Pete has some distance between his magnifier and the UH-1 uh, up there. Not an issue. He mounted it there solely because uh, that's the optimal eye relief. Uh, or that's the optimal place for the magnifier to sit to have the right eye relief to get the optimal image. You're in that sweet spot, right? With a magnifier, that sweet spot is closer to the optic than you might be used to if you've been shooting other stuff. Uh, But it's traditionally going on these 5.56223 carbines that don't move much at all when you shoot them. They're not recoil heavy. So I've never seen anybody come into an issue where they're having to worry about being that close to one of these optics. If you're going to be putting it on something that's super bucky, that's where maybe you're getting into like, you got one of those giant Magnum ARs that's kind of crazy. You're probably putting a different optic on that thing anyway. Right. I mean, these uh, most people are shooting two, two, three, five, five, six now. Or if there are whatever it is, if it's one of those up close and fast type guns. It's going to be a caliber that's not bucking a whole lot. Right, yeah. I mean, if you've got one, you know, like you said, if you're like, you know, 50 Beowulf, like, probably different gun built for a different thing, needing a different optic. Yeah, how many people are, like, kicking doors with 50 Beowulf? Is there anybody out there listening? I'd lo- I, I, It's not, no judgment. I'm super curious. What optic? Comments. Comment below. <laughs> yeah, comment below. Um, So... There, I mean, there's some there's some two cents for you on magnifiers. Yeah. They're really ultimately, you can talk about them like they're the most complicated things on the planet. If you really want to go into them, I'm sure we could get Christian on here and he could go into the optics behind, you know, the lenses and the coatings and how they make them work. But they're not that complicated. You slap them on. There's not a whole lot of work to make them, to make them work with the, with the red dot. Slap them on and then flip them to the side when you don't want them. Flip them in front of you when you do want them. Bingo, bango. Bingo, bango. Tote your gun around. I mean, it's an awesome option for anybody who already has a red dot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how many ARs have a red dot on them right now as we're talking? I'd say I do lots. Lo- yeah, I do love the fact that red dots are becoming like iron sights used to be. Yes. 
Like somebody got a gun back in the day. Better. Oh, better. Oh my gosh, better. <laughs> but that's that's why they're taking over. But somebody got a gun back in the day, and it was like, well, I mean, you got to have something on the thing, so just throw some irons on, right? And so now, but now it's not even that. It's when you get a gun, so well, you got to have something on. Let's at least start with the red dot. A lot of people just stay with that, right? But I mean, it's just you got to have something. And a red dot is so easy because they're not that expensive. You put them on. There's not a whole lot of leveling and this, that, and the other thing. You don't need a gunsmith to do it. Just tighten it up and sight it in and bingo, bingo. Well, and there's so many so many applications where it is the best choice. You yes. know, so um, just very cool. Uh, loving the red dots. Loving the magnifiers. Still love LPVO. Still love, you know, high magnification optics. Jim, you know I love high magnification. But I do know. Uh yeah, did we leave anything out? And like you said, it's not you know it's not rocket surgery here, but it is a highly effective practical system. Yeah, I can't think of anything we left out, Mark. I just just I noticed the diopter here on the Micro Six. Oh, um, yeah, we didn't talk about that yet. Adjust it till everything looks nice. Let your eye rest. Go back and look at it. If it looks nice, don't mess with it anymore. Good to go. So. I mean, there. Now I feel like I've I've gotten everything out of the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, as usual, if you guys have any questions on this sort of stuff, you can always just drop us comments in the uh, or questions in the comments below. Yeah, questions in the comments. Can you question in the comments? I'm questioning all of your comments right now. No, I'm not. It was all we great should, information. There should Jim. be a section called the questions section, and the comments section doesn't allow questions. That's some chicken egg stuff right there, Jim. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Jim just twisted my mind up. I'll be thinking about that for a while. And, uh, yeah, I mean, are you running a red dot currently? Are you running a red dot magnifier combo? How are you using it? How are you liking it? Are you thinking about getting one and you have some additional questions in the comments like Jim said? Let us know. And in the meantime, thanks, everybody, for listening. Happy hunting and shooting. Catch you on the next one. It was a pleasure being a guest for all of you. God, it was, Bye, guys. It was great having you, Jim. Thank <laughs> you so much. There you have it, folks. Thank you very much for listening. As usual, give this video a like if you liked it. Comment something below and give us a subscribe to the Vortex Nation podcast channel. It would mean a lot to us. Also, why don't you give us a follow over on Instagram while you're at it, at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'd love to hear from you over there, and we'll keep you updated with all kinds of cool photos and videos from our adventures that we do here. Otherwise, we will see you on the next one. Thank you again. Happy hunting and shooting, everybody. Have a good one.